stepping into my office, drinking a little coffee. I was watching a little uh, Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban with my kids. Ooh. Nice. I just finished all every movie with my fiance because she, when I told her that I stopped after a Goblet of Fire, she's like, I don't know if I can be engaged to you anymore. Did, uh, did you read the books? That I have not. I don't have a whole okay. lot of time for that. Fun fact about just, Nick, JP. Nick can't read. Shut up. Let's just move to the next topic then so I don't disrespect. <laughs> so I have a little respect for you about something else. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's fair. Despite right. the sport, I like how JP's. Did you already? Yeah. Okay. I like how JP's first thing is, you know what? Let's move on from Harry Potter so I'm losing respect <laughs> for you. <laughs> I mean, right. I've read all the books and watched the movies, but I read the books first. So, I mean... Oh, you're well, as, as, as far as books go, I've read up to Azkaban. Okay, that's, well, I mean... It's it's something. Give me a little bit of credit for that. I feel like that's the best book of the series because... Yeah. So, I was... Uh, my cousin, me, and my uncle were driving from Topeka, Kansas to Bloomington, Illinois. Yeah. And uh, on that car ride, I think it was like seven hours, maybe six hours. And uh, I read bad. that whole book in one trip. Jesus. Well, I mean, was, if you're if you're driving that long and you really don't have much else to do, might as well. Yeah, I just sat in the back seat and I read right through it. It was the book that seemed to like flow the best and have like the most uh, excitement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, definitely it, the third one. The hardest one for me was uh, *Goblet of Fire*. Yeah, well, because it trans it transitions from 350 pages to like 700 some, Jeez. just in one one book to the next, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. That's so it feels like it drags on because you're not really ramped. So the series like ramps up in difficulty for how old he is, and also the kids reading the books. Huh. I didn't even think about that. Okay. So it gets more scary and more dark as you go on because the kids get older as they read them. Right, right. Well, and see, my fiance, she warned me. She was like, you know, the first like three movies are going to be like the normal like school uh, scenery and everything like that. But then after that, uh, everything's going to get a lot darker and everything like there's going to be a lot more death and everything like that. And I was like, Oh shit, you weren't kidding. (laughs) But yeah, it gets, it gets super dark as far as like kids stuff goes. But anyway, my kids like it. We haven't read any of the books for them yet, but they're just (laughs) three and six. So they're not quite there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, guys, if you don't already know, we have Mr. J.P. Price, probably one of the, in my opinion, one of the strongest power lifters in the game right now. You know. He like, has moved up to being my favorite. <laughs> like, the, the the man squats over a thousand pounds. It, it, that was with reps, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, thousand two and, three. and a half thousand years and three. ago reps. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, to to start off my questioning... Do you plan on doing the open this year? Um, I probably won't. So try to make a long story short. The situation I'm in right now is uh, during the open this last year, uh-huh. um, my hip was injured for most of my preps. Okay. My uh, my right SI joint, and I wasn't sure what was causing it, and uh, and I really wasn't in a position to like try to get it fixed at that point because I needed to compete. So I went ahead and competed, and. Uh, you know, it didn't go great. Um, right after the meet, you know, I really, you know, started to be affected a lot more, a lot more quickly. Right. Um, I was training, I was training strongman and just kind of trying to keep my strengths and uh, really work on my pressing. Um, and then doing that, I, uh, I tore something in my elbow or shoulder. 
Oh. Um, the doctor thinks it's a slap tear, but it's really secondary for the hip thing because I'm able to bench without pain just fine, but the overhead pressing has really bothered me, um, especially like being in the front rack position with my hands uh, pronated. Right, right. And uh, so I'll address that, but I'm going to address the hip first. My off-season goal was to qualify for one of the strongman nationals and make a run at trying to break the American log press record because after two weeks of doing it this year, I was already at 435 and the record's 465. Jesus. Oh, wow. You're already, you're like right there. Yeah. So, and I, and I hadn't, and I had not done that pressing in 10 months probably. Um, so I don't, I, I have really good natural overhead strengths that I just kind of fall back into when I'm done training bench and I never really train them at the same time. Um, I will in the future just because of some things I've learned along the way, but, um, basically I need to fix my hip first. And I tried everything. I tried PRP, stem cells, acupuncture, um, ART, grass. And I've had all kinds of therapies done on my hip. Yeah. And, uh, and I even, you know, went with squat university and worked with uh, Aaron Horschig who works here locally. And, uh, yeah, I saw that video actually when he was uh, doing those basic core workouts with you and trying to figure out to isolate where your pain's coming from? Yeah, so through deduction, we figured out kind of where my pain was coming from and what we needed to do to fix it um, in the long run. But in the short run, we need to fix the injury too. (laughs) Yeah, Um, So to make it better later, we know what to do. But in the interim, we need to fix the actual problem. So I went to an orthopedic surgeon who was actually the surgeon for the Kansas City Chiefs here in town. And uh, I visited them at the stadium, and I had x-rays done. They kind of deduced that they thought I have a labrum tear. And a lot of times that can be helped with a shot of, a, you know, like a corticosteroid. And so they tried that, and it didn't really work at all. My pain was back as soon as I stopped taking it easy. Um, and uh, so right now I'm just having the normal pain I was having every day before I had that done. So on Tuesday this week, I get an MRI with contrast. And then Wednesday the next week, the surgeon looks at the MRI to kind of figure out what's next. Um, You know, if I were to have surgery, it's probably going to happen in like February. Um, If I uh, if I don't have to have surgery, I really don't know what's next. Um, I'll probably be doing physical therapy before the surgery three days a week um, to try to be ready for it. I'll be losing weight to try to be ready to recover if that's what I need. Um, but really I see my next meet probably being in about a year, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I mean, that's still not a whole lot of, um, like rest time. I mean, as far as like competing goes, like competing again within the next year, that's, that's pretty quick. I wanted to do big dogs next year. I don't know if I'll be ready for it or not based on, you know, when I'll have to recover. Right. Um, but I mean, that's a goal and I hope it works out. I've always wanted to go and I haven't been able to. Did you get invited um, this year? Timing. Huh? Did you get invited this year? Yeah, I've been invited every year they've had it. Um, but I just haven't been able to go. Uh, right. I used to work a job where I was really, really busy during the school year. Yeah. And I just was not able to justify that time off. Um, <clears> now I work a job where I could make it work, but I would have to like really be ready to freaking compete, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and plus, like, the, the only thing that I would think of that would kind of play against anyone competing in big dogs is just the fact that it's in Australia and the time difference. So it's like, you know, you're, you're about ready to go to bed, but you got to compete in like four hours, you know? (laughs) 
But right, yeah, I think that uh, the way to do it right is to go out a week early and then to stay a week. Yeah, that's a good idea. And uh, to take my wife and to use that kind of as an anniversary type trip. And uh, in order to do that, I mean, you're committing to five or six thousand dollars automatically. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So not not to mention the time that you don't get to personal train and don't get to work at work and you know it's uh the pto she has to take or non-paid time off yeah um, so it, it ends up being you know a six seven thousand dollar trip and that's a big commitment for yeah. me that you're probably not gonna win <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's like well th- that's like um why am i blanking on his name uh brandon allen did did he win yeah uh brandon took uh third he took third. Okay. Yeah, well, he I, tried to deadlift for the win, and then he and or yeah, deadlift for the win. I thought he may have been able to deadlift for second, but he went for the win and uh, ended up in third. So, um, yeah, I don't remember what the payout was there, but I know that. I mean, I mean, just just placing in the top, top three is is like especially in a meet that big. So. Yeah, I mean, it basically, I think pays for your trip. Um, but if you go there, you know, you better want to be in the top three, but you yeah. also better be prepared not to be. Yeah, exactly. So when you when you have kids and you have a family and you have, you know, business to run, then uh, you can't just fool around, you know, and make dumb decisions based on your hubris, you know? Right, exactly. But, so I also got to say, you're, um, I don't know if you post them in your story. Yeah, I think you post them mainly in your stories, but you're, um, your scare videos your scare cam videos oh <laughs> like your kids i swear they want to attack you every single time so they used to be scared all the time now they just get mad and like want to hit me which i think um, makes it funnier i mean i've been scaring people enough the last year um that i'm trying to find new people to scare or get the hard ones you know Right. So I've got mountains to climb, you know. Now I'm doing army crawls across the gym floor to sneak up on people while they're foam rolling. <laughs> and I'm having people whip their cameras out using sign language across the room. Um, like you know, people know it's coming. Right. They want to be a, everybody wants to be a part of something great. <laughs> and uh, even, and I hope even I if it means scare cam. <laughs> I've been trying. So uh, when I made my, I made a scare compilation video on Halloween. Of that's all the, best the, that's the one the I saw, yeah. So I had, uh, so let's remember, I only started like saving my Instagram videos from my stories, like, I don't know, maybe uh, a couple months ago. So I actually, I had 93 videos in there, I think, and I missed Jesus. like probably 70. <laughs> and then you got to think about the ones where I don't have time to get my camera out. I mean, it, I probably scare people 300 times a year. <laughs> Minimum. Scaring people year round. Oh man. Yeah, I mean, I scared people five times yesterday and didn't record any of them. So now I'm now I'm, I'm doing them for me, but I, I do know I need to share that sometimes. It's like fun <laughs> fact about JP Price. He has a fam- He's a family man, college athlete. Mm-hmm. Likes to scare people. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Put that on your resume. It's like so. I see in the bottom that you like to scare people professionally. Yes, sir, I do. You'll be seeing it here in just a couple minutes. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get paid to scare people so i can't say i'm pro uh, <laughs> kind of like when somebody says they're a pro power lifter but only gets a discount on uh on t-shirts every couple of months <laughs> um so for me i, I mean i guess i could say i'm pro because i actually make money doing it but um but it's not because i power lift it's because i can coach and run a gym you know you know what we should make that into uh you should make that into a segment on youtube 
like the, uh, I should like, like I, uh, scared cam or something like that. You can do. There's so many shows about that. Like, can you imagine having you as the host? People are like, good. whoa, put you in costumes and stuff. That'd be solid, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I you just have to know the right people to scare. Like, I don't scare anybody that I think's gonna hurt me. <laughs> oh, well, that's uh, how many people in the world is that? Probably like three or four. So I think it'd be I, fine. I scared a girl on the team the other day, and she like her fist went up and gave me a bloody lip. <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! Well, if there's yeah, any girls on tough. my team, yeah. Most she's tough. Powerlifting, I'm afraid to even say hi to. What's up? I said most girls in powerlifting, I'm afraid to even say hi to because I'm afraid that they can pretty much choke me out if I <laughs> if I said anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't do what everybody else does, which is automatically assume they need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I can attest to that. If the only time you need to help them is when they physically say, help me. Yes. And even, and even then sometimes they won't even ask for help. That's, that's very true. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'll have to just extend it about 35 times and I get taken up once and I'm like, maybe we should have just done this weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have questions for him? Yeah. Um, my, 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 my question that I, I had for you, JP was, um, are you going to be doing any more episodes of the prices I eat? Okay. So, you know, number one, I really enjoyed doing it. That first episode, it was fun and it was really easy. Cause all I had to do was talk about myself, which is so easy. Um, but then I started to think about other episodes and I'm like, man, this would be pretty difficult just to do by yourself. Um, I got plenty of topical stuff I can talk about but really you need somebody to bounce stuff off of and you really need a very quiet space to be in for you know a couple hours um you really need a decent microphone set up in my opinion I think the reason people do or don't listen to podcasts half the time is because of how good they sound oh 100% yeah I've, I've listened to episodes before and I hear the echo I hear everything else and I'm like what uh, I, you immediately disconnect with it. That's why, like, when Nick and I decided to do this, uh, we our first episode is very weird because we're literally two inches away from each other's face sharing one microphone that plugged in my computer, and then now we've got the mixer, we have microphones, editing software, um, which is super, actually, very, like, inexpensive. I mean, with technology today, you can do a whole podcast on your phone and spend $30 on a phone microphone, and you can have pretty good quality. So what I figured, you know, is next for me with that, because I think I would be a good podcast host. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I like to talk. I'm decent at it. I've done it my whole life. And I think I would be a good podcast host. But what I figured out is that I, A, need to line up content. I, B, probably, depending on how long I want the show to be, I do need to have either segments or always people on. Um, I think I have stuff to say by myself that a lot of people want to hear. But, uh, but I think there needs to be kind of a mixture of that because I did a second episode while I was in Virginia Beach on a family vacation. I was downstairs and I kind of locked myself in a room and did a podcast and I talked about like lifting and traveling and, and that kind of thing and how to plan it into your um, training and all that. And it went really, really well. But then at the end of it, I realized, you know, I, one, I went on some tangents I wasn't really proud of and then because I kind of lost focus. And then two, um, somebody in my wife's family, because I was with my in-laws, started pounding on the damn door. 
when I was trying to finish it. Did and you they're kill like, them? hey, we need you upstairs to make the guacamole. And I was like, <laughs> shut up. I said I would do it at 5.50 and it's only 5.40. Get out of here. <laughs> you impatient. Jesus. So I, feel like, I feel like that may have made it better, but I at the time I just was not happy with it and I deleted it. Oh. And then I just kind of... I kind of was like, you know, it has to be better than that. I'm not ready to make it great. My life's just been hectic, and I haven't had a lot of time where I could sit and do that. So I figured the next time I will initiate the prices I, which I think is a great name. Oh, I think it's um, great. <laughs> is, uh, the next time I'll do that is when I'm prepared to do like five episodes back to back to back to back to back, and then start spacing them a little bit, even though I do want it to be current. So um, I never want to tape one and then release it you know weeks later i'd like it to be current and salient and something people want to hear right now um one thing that i have as a pet peeve with media and powerlifting is nobody's getting paid to do it and they're all trying hard but typically the facts are wrong or they don't know the lifters or um you know they're not sure what's happening or they don't know the rule book and then you end up getting a lot of pretty uninformed information even on the bigger podcasts so I've always thought that I always thought that I should go host meets where I was the announcer so I could do the live streams for like boss of bosses and record breakers and whatnot, even though they did pretty well this year. Um, but I always wanted to host those because I always thought I could do a good job. Um, when I host meets at our gym, um, I do the computer program with somebody sitting next to me and I run the music and the microphone and help them with the cards. Um, so I announced the whole meet. Oh, yeah. So you have a lot of experience. See, that's a – have you thought about even doing um, – I mean, that Instagram videos or, like, the big thing is, like, IGTV or, like, when Nick and I were celebrating our one-year anniversary for our podcast, we went to Disneyland with our significant others, and we recorded ourselves and made, like, a quick little video of, like, our time at Disneyland. Um, you ever thought about trying, like, vlogs or even doing, uh, maybe not a podcast, but you can do, like, interviews on camera, like, in the gym? Yeah, I think that vlogs or something of that nature would be good. I think, you know, I've done, like, some rap tutorials and stuff that people have really liked. I've done some equipment tutorials. Um, you know, personally, I wouldn't mind getting more into, like, a, you know, into equipment inter- reviews, into lifter interviews and, and, uh, and vlog type stuff. I think that the people like that quite a bit i think there's so many delivery systems though it's hard for me to decide what i want to use mm-hmm. um youtube takes so long to download from your phone yeah you're you're preaching to the choir on that one i think it took roughly just for like an eight minute video or something like that that i did one time it took probably an hour and a half so for it to yeah. upload so so a little piece of advice uh i have for that because i had that exact same issue when i was doing vlogs i do stand-up comedy and so I had a lot of problem with uploading, you know, a couple of videos of me doing stand-up. I don't have a ton, but, you know, like one or two. And I wanted to upload them. Well, it took like three hours. So what it is is that your file is too big, and that's what takes so long. So you right. can use this program online that I use called Handbrake, and it converts videos into from gigabytes to megabytes. So, like, I ma- yeah, so I made a highlight video for Nick uh, at the Fit Expo in San Diego. And it's about a four- or five-minute video, not too long, but um, – I compiled it down to like 301 megabytes from three gig- nice. from three gigabytes, and then when I uploaded it to YouTube, it um, only took about five ten minutes. I did it in class while I was listening to a lecture. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> yeah, I was in class and I was like, "Oh, you text me like, hey, can you upload it to YouTube? It's not working for me." And I was like, "Yeah, I have it on my computer." And literally, as my teacher's doing the lecture, before she went to the next slide, I already had it uploaded and posted on YouTube. 
Jesus. I think that's great. I, I think <laughs> that uh, that would help a lot. I think that there's so many delivery systems. You have to choose what you want to use. Like personally, I don't use uh, Facebook for almost anything because it's just such a cesspool, man. It's depressing. Oh, it's and uh, so I, I look at Facebook kind of as the news because the news ends up putting itself on Facebook, and I don't like either. So I use Instagram predominantly because I just think it's you know the best way I have to reach people right now. It's the most popular one. Like, definitely. Like, the thing I think is so cool about powerlifting, and besides the athletes, you know, I got to know, you know, I'm personally gotten into this world through Nick, and I learn about it, and I'm like the perspective of the average Joe, the person who doesn't know the sport that likes to ask the questions about it for people who aren't familiar or new lifters that don't know to ask the right questions. They feel like they don't want to be dumb. So I like to ask the questions for them, like, definitely with interviews, and we joke around and stuff like that. Um, but no, I, 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 but my favorite thing about it is I love that I can reach all these lifters on Instagram and it's so cool seeing how they really use social media to show off their working out and their, and their techniques or reviews like you were saying. Yeah. I think that, uh, the, also the people that I want to reach or grow with seem to be the people there too. Um, so I think that that's been my, my favorite medium. Um, you know, you mentioned comedy. Let's go there for a second. I would really, like, one of my bucket lists is to do, like, five minutes. Oh, perfect. You're literally, you know, literally talking to the guy that can help you with that. I would I would love to do that. I go and see comedy shows. I watch comedians. I listen to podcasts a lot, so I've who's listened your, to a lot of comedians. Who's your favorite think, comedian right now? Uh, you know, it's really difficult to say who my favorite is right now, but I would say just because of how much I've seen him lately, uh, probably Joey Diaz. Oh, you, oh, Coco. Do you listen to the church on, on pot on iTunes? A little bit. I personally like, so one of my problems is, is a lot of people who are really good on podcasts aren't that good at comedy in my opinion. For example, like I really enjoy Joe Rogan's podcast, but his standup isn't that great. Um, in my opinion, I don't think he's that good of a storyteller when he does stand up. He's more saying jokes. You know what? It's super. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I like his stand up, but I like his podcast more. Like, I think when he has like, he's very well read. He's actually really smart, and he does. Yeah. He's like a jack of everything. He does everything. Yeah. So I went and saw him here in Kansas City the same weekend, the day before I saw Joey. Um, and it's funny that Joe and Joey were in town on the same weekend, but. I went and saw Joey Diaz, and Joey just told stories, which is what he does. And mm-hmm. and uh, so I really – Burt Kreischer was fun to see. Oh, I was just um, going to suggest that for you. Being a dad, like any 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 adults I meet that are dads, I always recommend Burt Kreischer because he has so many dad stories about his experience with dad and daughters. You have sons uh-huh. but with his daughters. It is the funniest thing, and it just cracks me up. I also like uh, – I like um, Tom Segura. I saw him too. Absolutely. Um, I took the powerlifting team to go see uh, to see Burt Kreischer, and I've got a picture of like eight of us with him with all of our shirts off. Oh, that's perfect! And like four of us are over three hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you probably made him look way skinnier than he is. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I got I got really into Burt Kreischer when him and Tom Segura were fat shaming each other. Oh jeez! <laughs> and they did the, uh, hey, uh, the and they did the weight loss competition on Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> One time I was at a meet somewhere, and then the rest of the team went to see Bill Burr. And uh, one of the guys is like six foot six or seven. His name's Tom, and he's like three hundred seventy pounds. And he broke the chair he was supposed to sit in. <laughs> 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 so that 
was like as good as the show, you know. <laughs> oh jeez, you went in for the show, but you got a little bit more. Oh yeah, for no, sure. I for think sure. that there's there's only been a handful of comedians that I went to go see. Uh, the two top ones that I can remember off the top of my head were uh, Christopher Titus. Oh yeah, yeah. That dude, oh my, be, just because of how psychotic he seems, it was fucking hilarious. And then um, Michael McDonald. Oh my god, I love Michael. He McDonald. did. He did uh, Stewart. No. Yeah, he, he did yeah, it on stage. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, my childhood. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> One of the favorite comedians I ever saw that made me laugh really hard, and it was kind of nostalgic to see because I have liked him for so long. Was Arnez J. Mm-hmm. Arnez J. Was really great. He's a great character guy, and he does a couple of uh, of characters that are just absolutely wrong. And he did he tore it up. It was great. <laughs> But you know what I think is super funny is I've met comedians, and this is like a whole thing. Like me, like I'm pretty funny. Like when I'm with Looking. people, ah, thank you. Uh, I'm pretty funny. Like with people, I. But you know, I have my moments where I always say like everything I say is in gold, and I'm a lot funnier on stage. But like I was never the funniest person in my group of friends. Were you like? Do you think you were like the class clown or like the funniest person in your group? Um, I don't know. I don't know if people see me as funny first. I think they really think of me as like more lovable but i always end up like totally cutting up everybody and uh my wife says that i have a talent of i can take everything as far as i can take it as far as i can take it without pissing somebody off (laughs) oh my god you literally have the gift of a comedian and then they'll never and they never get mad at me and it kind of irritates her because i'm able to do that and i think that's like kind of uh, something that not everybody has Oh, yeah. That's a skill. Like, I have that yeah. same thing where my girlfriend pulls me aside and goes, look, like, for Thanksgiving, we're going to Thanksgiving this year to her uncle's. So there's going to be 26 additional people. And she pulled me aside. Mm-hmm. She goes, look, I love you. You're super funny. You're great with people. I'm not worried about you being by yourself. But please, please just tone it down a bit. Just pull <laughs> it back and don't uh, embarrass me. Anybody that, like, is into comedy needs to know that their family is definitely not the people to test it on because – They'll for real get offended. <laughs> um, My nana. I would kind of like to do a show. Like, if I did five or ten minutes somewhere, like, I would want to do it and maybe not have the people that I'm roasting around me. <laughs> oh, that's the best part. Like, you, so, we're, so you'll probably end up doing, like, an open mic unless you know someone in the scene that can put you on a show. Um, yeah, open mic would be great. Yeah, it's super easy. Just Google, like, local open mics uh, in your area and then just sign up. Like, find one, like, at a bar. Bring a bunch of people with you, even though it's, you know, make them the majority of the audience because that will be a way better uh, first time. Like, my first time, yeah. I had to do 25 minutes, but I did it in front of 30 friends and family. 25 minutes is a shitload, man. Well, so where I'm from, there's no comedy. Now there is because my friends and I made a scene there before I left to San Diego in, the, in, in California, but it was just music. So I asked this person, I said, hey, I want to do comedy. He goes, sets are 25 minutes for music, and I'm like – uh okay so i i thought i was hot shit and then i had to do five minutes and i had to do a five minute so i'm thinking i do 25 minutes every week i can do five minutes and i bombed like the hardest i've ever bombed ouch and then then that's when you learn that 25 minutes doesn't mean shit if you can't kill it in three minutes or five three minutes are the hardest right once you lose someone that makes sense you're done yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think that just like anything else I've ever done in my life, besides basketball for two weeks in seventh grade, um, <laughs> I try to be good at everything I do. 
And uh, so if I'm going to do something, I want to make sure I'm not going to suck at it or it's a waste of me and my family's time. Um, so I've tried to always only do stuff that I'm good at. And that doesn't mean I don't want to learn anything new. I just don't want to waste my time. So, um, you know, powerlifting, coaching, whatever, I'm into that. and I'm good at it. So I do those things. But, you know, the things I'm not into, I leave to other people. Um, and that's not to say I'm afraid to learn. I'm always learning. I'm always doing something new and different but within what I'm already good at. Right. Does that make sense? No, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So if I do a set, I'm going to make sure I don't suck. Like, And I could still bomb, but I want to be prepared. I'm not just going to roll up there and wing it like I did every other speech I ever did in college. Um, <laughs> That's how I got into comedy. So, I'm a communications major, so I do speeches every single month. I think that was the – so I could get – if you just asked me like, hey – I want to do this podcast at 1 p.m. on Sunday. It's going to be in front of 150 people, and you're not allowed to prepare. I'd say, that's fine. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't bother me. Like, that would make my wife scared to death. Um, my girlfriend she's really good at my like, shows because she's worried she, that I'm going to get, I'm going to bomb. She's worried that people are yeah. going to make fun of me. Which I don't care. Like, I mean, okay, it goes bad. So what? They still think I'm nice. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> oh, um, as long as you have that, my biggest advice is just, you know, Think of what you want to say. Uh, less is more because you want to leave yeah. room for like improvising just in case someone says anything or if you think of a new idea you want to do on stage. So I always do less is more. So if I have five minutes, right. I do one or two jokes that are probably about a minute worth of material, but I just let it I, – I just, I just really work on it. I let it sit. I think of new ideas. I take my time with it until it's like tuned. And also just know that if you do bomb, it happens to everybody. Well, and the cool thing about comedy is the funniest things that all comedians ever do are not things they said they were going to do. They already knew they were going to do. It's all the new stuff. Um, so, like, the funniest thing that happened during Joe Rogan's show is it was outdoors, and he had never done a show outdoors like that, and it was, like, thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the set, a train went by. <laughs> oh, shit. And he's like, only in fucking Kansas City would this happen. <laughs> you know? And he was like, is that a fucking train or am I that high? Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and that was the funniest too. thing that happened. When I saw Arnez J, he's a, a famous uh, black comedian. Mm -hmm. And and well, I was like the only white table in the audience. And it was like me and my cousin and his buddy. <laughs> and we're sitting like in the front row almost. And the funniest thing that happened was when everybody was laughing at a joke he went up and he put his hand on this lady's head in the front row and she had on a, a wig and it moved and it scared the shit out of him and then everybody just died <laughs> and that was the funniest thing that happened that night nobody planned it you know oh, <laughs> oh yeah interacting God. with audiences are the best i have this bit that i do on stage where i ask couples how long they've been together and right. still, you know, you get months, years, I ask them if they live together, and then they're like, yeah, yeah, we live together, and then I always ask the most important question. I, I ask her, I'll be like, hey, have you ever seen him take a shit? Right. And then you get a lot of like, no, like, I've never done that, and I go into the bit about how I do. First week, my girlfriend and I moved in, I kicked the door open, and I said, babe, if you don't see me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. And I always talk about people. how, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, like, you just... I think you'd be great at it if you're really into reading, which you sound like you do. Um, if you are, you know, I'm the same way. I'm all about being really good at what I want to try and I have to be good at it or else I won't do it. There's a book that I read that helped me a lot with writing material. 
It's from Greg Deans. It's step by step to stand up comedy. Hmm. It's a, it's an ebook. It will probably if you read as fast as you as uh, I think you do, you probably finish in a couple days. It just helps you with like figuring out the science behind writing jokes, and then uh, that, that helped me a lot with like my writing process. But a lot of it is just write in your phone, use a voice recorder, and I think you'll do great for your five minutes. And if you do, film it and send it to me because I want to see JP Price do some stand up. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. That'd be <laughs> while, awesome. While I'm getting my hip worked on, maybe I'll have to have something fun to do. Yeah, talk about <laughs> talk about all your therapies and everything like that too. Yeah, so I uh, I think that I don't really want to say I'm going to do this if it might not happen, but I'll say it anyway. I'm I don't ever back out of anything if I can control it unless I'm hurt or something. So I'll just go ahead and say it while I'm hurt. Um, you know, I have a good relationship with uh, Ape Man and Mark Bell, mm-hmm. and uh, and those two companies are the ones that I've really been bonded to for like two and a half years. And uh, so, you know, I kind of know people in their company and, and whatnot. And so, Mark Bell, he's got uh, his social media director's a girl named Jessica, and she was like, "Hey, I know your hip is hurt. Um, we have something coming up in February at the uh, Sacramento Fit Expo." It's a uh, push-pull called the Slingshot Classic and uh, or the Mark Bell Classic or whatever it's called. And uh, it's funny, it's the Classic, but it's only the second year they've done it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, So they're like, hey, it's SPF, and we thought it'd be kind of cool if you wanted to come do a meet with a slingshot on. Huh. And I was like, that sounds kind of fun. Like I could, I've been 700 in a slingshot before. I know, I've seen it. and uh so i'm like you know that would be pretty entertaining for me because right now i mean honestly without my hip working right my training's pretty miserable yeah and uh there's just not a lot i can do i mean i've poured myself into my clients training and my teammates as much as i can lately um but i'm pretty unhappy with how my own training's going but i don't really have any pain to bench so i'm just gonna bench two to three days a week and i mean I've, i've coached a 600 pound bencher i've coached myself along with my friends to a 639 pound bench. And, uh, I just think that that would give me something fun to do. So, you know, depending on when surgery is and whatnot, I'm going to try to plan to go out there. Um, I think it's like February 8th and 9th and, uh, do a slingshot bench at their deal. And I think that that would be a lot of fun. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to plan to do that. If that gets messed up by surgery, then that happens. But, um, right now that's kind of the only thing I'm really focused on and, that and just you know doing good at my job and and making sure lifters around me get better so nice nice okay huh just add on writing five minutes in between all that and you're gonna be golden i know right <laughs> what's that i said just add f- writing f- a five minute set in between all that and you're gonna be gold yeah right so uh <laughs> maybe, maybe that'll work out you know the other problem is i feel like i've got a lot of material between being overweight having children being married and talking about sex um, you know, running a gym and what happens there. There's so much content that I think of that people can relate to. Oh yeah, that it'd be so easy. Or you know, you can talk about stuff they can't relate to, but they have to relate to you first. Oh yeah. So I think both of those are achievable. And so I think the hard part is trying to you know mute yourself. I guess you're right. In 25 minutes, you could tell 10 stories, and four of them could be awesome, and they won't even remember the six, which is fine. But if you get three minutes, you get to tell one story, and if it sucks, you suck. 
Oh yeah, I, I've uh, I've gotten really spoiled here in San Diego doing a lot of it at comedy clubs. So I went to a bar with a friend to watch her do a set. Well, the guy who's hosting it, I know him, and he comes up and says, "Hey man, I didn't you were coming to the show." And I was like, "I'm just here to watch." And he goes, "Do you want to do a guest spot for like five minutes?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I'll do a quick five minute set." I haven't done a bar show, and I don't know how long, probably a year and a half. So I went right. up there with the complete different mindset and different skills ready. And so I got so accustomed to comedy clubs and people being there to listen to comedy. There's no bartenders, no TV, drinks, all that stuff. Right. So I am talking about my uh, PG material, you know, and uh, talking about my stories, and no one is laughing. I got one Crickets. little laugh. I got one <laughs> little laugh, and I got off stage, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I was not ready for this. <laughs> that sounds like it would be a challenge. Oh, yeah. I, I bomb all the time. <laughs> like, you have no idea. He does, even with the podcast, he bombs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Uh-huh. Well, I was going to say, you know, that's why I'm trying to gain weight and get my girlfriend pregnant, so I have something to make fun of. I'm good Jesus. at both of those things, so I can help you. I mean, I got I got one of those things down. I, I'm i not doing the getting her pregnant one anytime soon. So. That's, <laughs> the easy, that's the easiest part. Yeah, I know. Trust I know. me, I know. Hey, you guys make it look easy, but I know being being fat is not easy at all. <laughs> I tried Well. See, it's not fat; it's power. Oh yeah. Oh, I've seen the shirts. I've seen the power shirts. I've got both. I've got both. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing I was wa- I was watching one of your videos with uh, when you're benching in the slingshot on a Mark Bell's channel, and uh, I want to yeah. know if you can explain a little bit about the uh, your your chalk nugget uh, form. <laughs> so uh, that was a year ago from the salt in a week in a week and a half actually. Um, so that, or two weeks, that was a year ago in two weeks, literally. Um, so long story short, um, people always ask about this. It's a good story to tell, but it has to be powerlifters listening or they won't understand. Well, luckily most uh, of our audience are powerlifters, so we're good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mark is a great guy, especially in person. I mean, everybody wants to talk about what they think of him online or this or that, but I think they have to understand he's running a business and a brand and, you know, part of being a little bit electric or just shooting from the hip is part of why people are bonded to him. And that's polarizing and that's fine. But in person, he's a good guy. So everybody would like him. Um, and they also don't have to sit there and make assumptions about him when they're in person. Um, so I go out there, I take one friend with me and, uh, we go out to slingshot and we did a deadlift one night. We did squat another day and then we recorded a podcast that night we went and watched the UFC fights at Mark's house and it couldn't have been nicer. I ended up cooking steaks for his whole family on this grill outside. And, uh, we hung out, we talked about the West side documentary and got some insight on, you know, his days there and talking to them. And that was really fun. And we got to watch the fights together. Um, and then, uh, the next day we came in and we benched. So that's the bench video you're talking about. And, uh, when we were benching, uh, Mark was putting chalk on and, those guys there at that gym, they put so much damn chalk on their hands. Um, they have these big ST buckets of chalk, these big squares. And Jesse Burdick has one too. He has this giant. Well, I, I've seen I've seen Mark just it. like slap his hands into the freaking thing before he benches. They do. They just slap their hands in there, and he goes, "See, my technique is like patty pat, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man." <laughs> and he was like, "What's your technique?" And I was like, "You see." you don't need that much chalk for bench. So I just grab a little chalk nugget and then I push my arm back and then I do the little salt bay thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
And uh, I just thought of that right that second. I just didn't. It's not like it's something I've ever done before. Um, but they thought that was funny, and they put it on the video. And then uh, now this is probably a funnier story that nobody knows happened. So right after that, I had on a black slingshot, and I wasn't peaked or anything. So I was like maybe benching six hundred that day. But I uh, I was uh, ben- so I benched like a, I benched like some triples at like five seventy, I think, or at five fifty five. And then uh, I put the slingshot on, and I went up to 635, and I was benching a double. Well, on the last set that I had before I put the slingshot on, I felt a little tweak in my um, pec. And I don't really tear a lot of muscles very often or anything. I've really never been injured until this hip thing ever happened through wrestling and football and whatever. I've never been hurt, rugby, whatever. So this is like my first time hurt now. So I had uh, just had a little twinge in my pec. And the guy I was training with is like, you know, are you all right? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'll do my two sets of slingshot and then I'll be done. Because that's like what I programmed for my overload that day. And so uh, I went ahead and I did it. But so at Mark's gym, there's slingshots all over the place. There's belts everywhere. You know, if you're lifting there and you're getting content filmed and you're in their clothes too and everything, um, all of it makes sense. So I've got on his stuff and which I already had anyway, because I've been sponsored by him for a couple of years. But, uh, so I get there and, and I put the slingshot on. It's a brand new one. Cause I wear a three XL and not everybody wears that size. So I put on the three XL mad dog slingshot. And what people don't know is that logo that's on the center of it is the, I think they're redoing the logos here pretty soon and making them more simple. But the old Mark Bell slingshot logo is a lot of paint right on the middle of the thing. And then it stretches and it pops and it's like pop, 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 pop when you use it for the first time. And so my liftoff guy, Ryan Silva, who's my training partner and one of my best friends, he uh, lifts off the bar to me and he knows my pec hurts. And as the weight goes down, he hears pop, 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 pop. And he's freaking, and I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, it's just a slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thought I'd rip my freaking bone off my chest. Jesus. <laughs> um, but it was just a slingshot, you know, releasing. Um, so that was pretty funny. No, that... Uh, That's a scary cam right I, there. I've, I've, I've used the Mad Dog. That fucking thing is no joke. Like, A, it's hard as hell to get on. Yeah. It's And you basically have to have... 500 plus on the bar just to in order for it to touch your chest so it's like yeah that mad dog is no joke i the one that i, I mean go ahead i think everybody likes to honey dick themselves with their slingshots um i, I think everybody on the phone can understand what honey dicking means oh yeah um, <laughs> so uh honey dicking means you like say you're better than you are or you you know, you're like, oh, yeah, my squat in a suit is 1,000 pounds, so I'd probably do 950 without a suit. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not so, the uh, case. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that, uh, I think that you know, in order to use the proper slingshot for how strong you are or what your goal with your program is, um, you know, I've seen a girl who can't bench 190 do 235 for, like, a set of 10 yeah. with a red slingshot on. Um it's arguable at that point if it's even helping, right? Um, plus, something pretty catastrophic could happen if she does something wrong with that weight that she clearly can't lift. Right. Um, so I think it's really, really 
important to kind of know which one you're using and why and uh, and how many reps you're going to use it for. So I almost tell anybody 315 or under, use a blue one, you know, from 315 or maybe even 400 to 500, 600. I was using a red one all the way up to 675 before. Um, I think anybody in the world could use a red one up to any weight that they want to use. Um, and then a black one, I mean, that's really pretty rare air in my opinion. That, that's like, um, that's like damn near multiply type shit. Right I there. think the black one is maybe one that most have like guys should use like as a stair stepper into their shirt or right. if they're not wearing their shirt that day. Um, I use it a little bit. I don't notice a whole lot of difference between that one and the red one over 600 pounds. Um, it just depends. You don't feel a whole lot over 600 pounds. Now, this is this is kind of a debate that I've been having with my teammates over at my gym. Um, the red one and the camo, are those two basically the same, do you know? or They're the exact same. Okay. Um, sometimes his products, the camo ones, feel a little bit stiffer. Yeah. And it's often debated if it is or not. And uh, what we've kind of thought or figured out, I think talking with the people that work there, is that the camo one... Um, has a little bit more dye in it because of the coloring. Right. And so it feels stiffer. That, okay, that makes sense. That I makes think that would clear that up. Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Nick's like, I can't wait to go to the gym today to be like, <laughs> guess what I learned today? <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the more you know. No, because I think um, I used the uh, the camo one, uh, this is probably like six or seven months ago, and I was able to hit 500 with the with the camel one, but my raw bench is like four ten or something like that. So I mean, I, rem- I remember when I had my first beer. Shut <laughs> up, JP. <laughs> you may be bigger than me, but I'll fly to Kansas City. <laughs> I live right by the airport. Yeah, he's like, perfect. I'll pick, I'll pick no. you up. <laughs> um, no, but me because I've only been doing this for God, how long now? Maybe two and a half, three years now, uh-huh. and. I mean, it's for me because I I try to do um, things progressively as far as like step by step because like I did get injured a couple times in high school from football and wrestling. Um, That mainly, well, wrestling, my knee, because imagine a 285 pound kid coming straight down onto your knee. Sure. And I, I, yeah, and I'm surprised it didn't tear. I I only got a first degree tear on that one. But, um, and then sprained ankles in football and everything like that. So I try to do things as smart as possible. So like me now, like I can, uh, deadlift. I think my best deadlift is like 635. My squats at like 545 now and my bench is at 407. So, I mean, those numbers came all the way down from like, I think my best bench at one time was like 315. So, so I mean, I'm, de- I'm making quote unquote gains, but it's like they're slow and steady, you know, because yeah. I, I want to be able to do this for a while. Well, I always tell people, you know, if I told you that you could safely add X amount, you know, in 20 weeks. Right. Because people come in with a lot of hopes and dreams and I'm like, hey, buddy, just get to your next PR. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, give me 20 weeks. Let me work. And then uh, if that works out, then we'll get to another 20 weeks. But just let me help you make steady progress. Like my wife uh, my wife and her training partner work out at 4.30 in the morning, and I only get to program them about five exercises a day because they only have, 
you know, 90 minutes to work out. Right. And usually, you know, they spend a lot of time warming up and doing conditioning just for what their goals are. So I really only get about 50 minutes to get them strong or maybe 45. Um, and that, that can be a challenge. Um, you know, I've, I've really been pretty smart, I think, with how I programmed them. I've uh, definitely really tried to, you know, make it linear for them and really, you know, not guessing. You know, one of them went eight for nine and had an injury coming into the meet, so I was really happy with that. She PR'd all three lifts. That's really good. Uh, I think she had like a 41-pound total PR. And then my wife, she uh, gained uh, 17 pounds on all three of her lifts each. Oh, shit. Um, so consistent, you know? Yeah. And uh, But slow and steady does win the race, you know? And she finally, she had a goal of what weight she wanted to hit, and uh, she finally hit it after working at it for a few years, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, and see, like right now um... – well, you you know Gracie, she's she's my coach, and uh-huh. um, she actually I asked her she she didn't come to me about it I asked her because like, um, I was starting to get like really fatigued after doing like two or three reps on a certain lift, uh-huh. and it was pissing me off because after that I was just I was dog ass tired like I was just dragging ass the rest of the time, yeah. so I I was like, look I I don't care if I die I die but I need some sort of volume program. You know, mm-hmm. and she's like, are you sure? Because it's, I mean, we're talking like six to or five to six sets of 10 and on certain things and everything like that. Are you sure you want to do it? And I was like, again, if I die, I die. <laughs> so, right. you know, and what's funny is I actually feel way, feel like I have way more energy from doing those uh, volume sets because right. it's actually taking me back to when I was in high school because that's all we did was just like sets and reps and everything like that. Oh, so, yeah. so I'm like, okay, I'm actually way more awake right now. <laughs> right. So, uh, I mean, I'm in my second week of it, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm not dead yet. So, <laughs> right. but well, I think, I think it's important to do volume. I think yeah. one thing I see the most of is when I get a glimpse of other people's program, especially if they buy something that, you know, is uh, not led by somebody, um, individually, if it's more of a, you know, program that's based on, you know, something that's one size fits all. Right. Um, you know, like if they're programming, you know, you know, a basic Wendler, you know, or, you know, basic, just companies that they hire to do it for them. Um, if they're not working with an individual person, I've seen a very severe lack in volume. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody roll in with a spreadsheet where they were doing like two sets of, six for their main movement or two sets of eight. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I mean, right now I would have you doing six sets of eight right now. And if I was doing your programming this week, um, and, uh, and I'm like, you just can't expect adult muscle if you're not using something that has any brain power behind it for you specifically. Now, you know, that one size fits all program might work for a lot of people. And I am of the mind that if you work really, really hard, anything will work. Um, but if you can be a little bit more intelligent about it or spend 20 more dollars or, or whatever, get somebody you can actually communicate with that, that cares about you building strength and muscle. Right. And, uh, and then, and then you can make a little bit more steady progress or if then you need to make adjustments, then somebody can help you. You're not just guessing. Um, so, uh, so I'm, I'm a really big fan of, you know, taking somebody through, you know, building a pace and working through an off season and then you know, working through a strength block and peaking them properly, um, you know, or as best as we can and coaching them through their meets. So, um, 
what I see a lot of people do is they want to hire me for 12 weeks and, you know, they fucked around for the last 20 weeks and they didn't gain any strength and now I'm trying to, you know, gain them some strength while I'm trying to peak them to barely beat their PRs from their last meet. Um, you know, it's a lot better when you get somebody to submit to you for, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 weeks and you actually get to help them, you know, be strong. Because what happens when I work with somebody I've worked with for a long time, like my wife, for example, she came into the meet and at the end of the meet, she wasn't even tired. <laughs> it was so much easier than everything we did up to that point. Yeah. You so, know? Yeah. Cause like this, um, the San Diego fit expo, like I was, I was tired, but I wasn't as tired as my previous meets that I had done. But, um, yeah, but they were having you guys go super fast. Yeah. See, so this was the first time that San Diego had a fit expo. So, yeah, so it's like um, my flight had seven guys. Mm. There's there actually two flights that had seven people. Mm. So it's like it, it went really quick. And after that flight was done, they mm-hmm. even had to give us um, like three minutes before they started the next flight because it was going that quickly. And it's like uh, my uh, training partner was there, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I saw him. Yeah, he's big, the, he's, big, big he, guy with huge calves. <laughs> well, I, I didn't see his calves. I think he was wearing sweats. But um, <laughs> no, uh, he was there with Kelsey because I was there uh-huh. um, uh, watching one of my teammates because she she was on Saturday and then I competed on Sunday. So I was yeah. I was watching her. Uh, you probably know who, uh, Janessa. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she had a really great meet. She did yeah, a good job. Did. Yeah, she did. She like. It's it's crazy because I, I remember seeing her when she first walked into the gym. Just this mm-hmm. very timid, like, you know, wanted to hide, hide behind a wall type girl, you know? Mm-hmm. And now she's in there lifting fucking everything. Like, yeah. Very strong. <laughs> so Yelling at everyone. What's that? Is it yelling at everyone? Yeah, yelling at everyone, you know, saying, don't be a bitch. Um, especially to me, but that's another story. Sure no. She wears that around the gym. <laughs> sure. Be a bitch. Right. And then, um, no. And so she's gearing up for the open and, uh, yeah. that, like, it's just crazy to see how far she's come. And especially now she's got an 1100 pound total. And I, I joke with her. I'm like, so, uh, you think you're going to beat Stacy Burr? <laughs> yeah, right. And she's like, uh, um, probably not. <laughs> right. I, uh, I really love the open. I, I won the first open. I know. And, I uh, was there. I saw I saw the thousand three uh, squat in person. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was really in a good place for that meet, and That's I think awesome. that uh, everything was really clicking well. And I think some people thought that they were going to do something that they weren't capable of doing once they actually got there and had good judging. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, and I shine in those moments because that's how I train. Um. And so personally, you know, I had a really, really great experience there and I had a good experience this one too. I mean, it, it sucks that I don't think I was able to really squat the way I could have. And, uh, and my deadlift was just bad. It just was not good. My bench was flying. That was great. Yeah. But, uh, I love the open and I wish I could do it every year. Um, I'll definitely come back and do it again if I stay in this a long time and I'm able to compete for a long time and I'm able to rehab my hip. Yeah. Um, but other meets that I still want to do that I haven't done yet. Um, boss of bosses, uh, big dogs. Uh, those are really the only two meets where I'm like, that would be a lot of fun. I thought maybe I thought the LA, done, maybe the LA Fit Expo. I thought you've done a uh, boss of bosses. You haven't done that. Uh, I haven't. Um, oh. I haven't done that meet. I've done record breakers and that's the one. Okay. And uh, the U.S. Open a couple of times. I've done the Chicago Fit Expo, 
and uh and that's about it really um and uh there's not that many meets i really want to do but the ones i want to do i'd really like to get to in the next couple of years well and I've, I've seen the la fit expo that that's a very well run meet because like that's actually yeah. how i met gracie was when she competed at that expo so um yeah la fit expo especially for you that that'd be a good one yeah it'd be a lot of fun i've had training partners compete there before and do well and yeah and i think that'd be a good meet for me yeah um and also going off powerlifting are you gonna do some paid gigs at santa this year so uh, i saw i saw the post so i gotta ask funny you ask about this so I may become a professional Santa. I've nice. I've been semi-pro to this point because I don't really make any money doing it. <laughs> um, so I started doing So it goes back actually a really long time. My grandfather, uh, my grandpa John, who I was very, very, very close with and named my oldest son after him. And and uh, he, uh, so he passed away when I was in college. And he played a professional mall Santa. And he also uh, would go to nursing homes and, and be Santa for them. So running and my grand. All, all year long, my grandmother would uh, knit uh, slippers for the people at the nursing home. And uh, my grandfather would wrap them and deliver them to him as Santa. That's awesome. And so, so he did that <laughs> through my whole childhood. And, and so I always held that with a high level of respect. And so they gave me his suit, but I'm too big for it. He's a big guy, but not as big as me. And, uh, and my dad's like 6'4", 300, 6'3", 300 pounds. And, uh, so a lot of big guys in my family. So I ended up having to, you know, just use like a rented suit or something. And I did Santa for dogs for my mom's dog rescue a couple times. Yeah. And they do like pictures at PetSmart and then donate the money to the rescue. And then, um, at one point my wife was like, Hey, uh, we want to do Santa at work. Um, do you want to be Santa? And she's an occupational therapist and, you know, there's kids there with, you know, um, strokes and right. you know, other kinds of developmental disorders and this and that. And, uh, they wanted to have Santa there and then they get a waiver sign and they can do a picture or whatever. Well, the cool part is, uh, they like the nurse tells me the kid's name before they come up and then I get to really do it well, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it's really, I'm, I'm a pretty jolly guy. I'm pretty convincing. I think, um, I mean, you, you got the look and I mean, just, based off talking to you like yeah <laughs> if you were to tell me right so, now that i actually am santa i would i'd probably be like he'd yeah, probably believe sense. you <laughs> that makes sense it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be season, you know? what was that so so i uh so I, I ordered my own suit and that was my first step to like being better at it and so i've got this really good looking crushed red velvet suit and then um after doing it for kids one time i got very serious <laughs> Remember, I can't I can't do anything and not be good at it. True. Um, if you're volunteering, then that's another story. But I still want to be good. Uh, you can't ruin it for a kid. No, absolutely. So, not. so then a buddy that I know that I used to lift with, he grows his beard out all year and bleaches it, and then he plays Santa. Um, I have little kids, so I can't really bleach my beard for like two or three weeks out of the year. You know, because they'll understand what's what I'm trying to do, and that's yeah. not good for them. So I, t- I got this uh, spray the first year, and it worked okay. Then this, this last year, I got cream, and you, like, comb it into your beard, and it turns it white. Huh, okay. And then it washes out. Um, 
and it doesn't look perfect, but it looks much better than a fake beard. So I started growing my beard out all year round so that I could be a better Santa. Wow, 100% committed. Yeah, so I used to just keep like a short beard. Now I keep a long one just for this reason. So so I grow it out all year, and then I like trim it up after it's over, and then I grow it back. Um, so what I was contemplating was, can I be a professional Santa and not have a real white beard? And I think what we all figured was, I can, but they have to understand that's what they're getting. And and I think that, um, you know, as long as they understand that and they're good with my personality, then that can be, you know, sustainable for a long time. Um, but the problem is, I just don't want to be perfect. Or I don't want to not be perfect. And if I'm not perfect, then I shouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I think, I think the white yeah and so i think that's where i think that's where we ended up landing with it um, my wife put it up and i think i'm going to do it for another rehab hospital um for a few hours and and uh and i i'd be willing to you know and my goal with this would be just to do a couple make people feel good um I, in order to spend that much time on it and that much effort i have to be paid um but i really just want to do it for fun and to help people and and uh, so if I can end up, you know, paying for my family's Christmas with, you know, a little bit of work, then I think that would be good to do as a dad and father, too, you know, and make people smile while I'm doing it. Absolutely. God, add that to so, the resume for J.P. Price. Right. <laughs> Powerlifter, coach, um, scare camp, uh, semi-pro, and then almost a pro Santa Claus. You know what's really funny is I was watching my old college football team. I went to a small college called Benedictine in Atchison, Kansas, um, which is actually the same college that Silent Mike's father went to. Um, so I went to Benedictine, and uh, they were playing football yesterday. They won their first playoff game, which was awesome, and double overtime. And uh, one time the coach there, Coach Wilcox, he's been there like 37 years now. And uh, one time I was an RA, and I was uh, – student government executive board member in college and I had a major in theology and philosophy and uh, one time I was really busy and I had like a conflict arise between one thing I was doing in football but I'm paid to be there for football so it always got you know the first thing you know and uh, I was talking to my coach about it he goes uh, JP have you ever thought about being great at one thing and not just good at a bunch of things <laughs> and ultimately that was a really good burn but I do think that I can do a lot of things and be good at them. I don't think that I have to limit myself or mute myself, but I think that's why you have to be careful and you have to only commit to doing things that you're going to be great at. So you don't let people down. That's a good point. That's uh, that's very true. Yeah. What's the saying? Jack of all trades and master of none. Exactly. But I think you can be a jack of a few trades. Yeah. That's I, what I try to do. That's, that's, that's the problem that I have is, I'll find this new hobby or something like that, and I really like it. And then I put, I invest, I just go all in on it and learn about it and start doing it. And my girlfriend hates that because every year she's like, "So what's gonna be the new hobby this year?" And I was like, "I don't know yet. We're gonna wait and see, see if anything cool jumps out at me." But I always keep comedy and like just like entertaining people in general, like my main, my main focus. So you just kind of hit the nail on the head with the thing I was gonna say, which. I think that you can do a lot of things, but if they have some kind of central focus, like my central focus is I think I can make people feel good. And so if what I'm doing, whether it's coaching, you know, if I did a comedy thing, if I was making a podcast, if I'm uh, 
you know, running the gym, if all I'm doing is making people happy, I'm not really doing anything different. I'm just applying it in different ways. All right. So, yeah, that's, that's how I roll. Yeah, that's how I feel with this, like, podcast is it's one another outlet for me to put out my, my, my comedy, also get to hang out with, with Nick and, and learn something new. Um, do you, so do you have anything else like to like plug for the audience? You know, uh, I don't have a ton to plug. I mean, I love eight man, you know, check them out. They're great for the sport. They donate a lot of money back to their community no, absolutely. Um, all over the world. I think that they've really shown that and, and been transparent. They're a good family owned company in Phoenix that gives back a ton to the sport. Now they're sponsoring meets and stuff. Um, they're in MMA. I think it's great how they're growing. Well, and see, um, I, I think it's know. really cool how they, um, they're sticking with Gracie as far as doing the eight man open. Yeah. Uh, even though it's not USPA anymore, it's uh, uh-huh. WRPF or something like that. So I sure. thought, I thought that was really cool that they're still sticking with her and still going to be, I mean, they mate. have plenty of reason not to. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. You know, let's be honest. Like Gracie's totally polarizing. She's a big sweetheart to me. Oh yeah. Uh, she's always been really sweet to me. And I think that's the hardest thing is that I'm really likable. And so even when people hate each other, I'm like, hey, they're all really nice to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so it kind of sucks because, you know, I always kind of get in the middle of that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, also I think Mark Bell, um, their company, I can't say enough about them. Yeah. Um, and the people there, you know, and I think they released something the other day that isn't getting enough attention. They released the other day that if anybody in the world is wearing their gear and breaks an all-time world record, then they get $1,000. No shit. They don't have to be sponsored. They don't have to be one of their guys. They get $1,000 if they break an all-time world record in their gear. And there's wow. rules that go along with that. You know, you can't, in the 85-year-old division, and you're the only person that's ever done it, well, go fuck off. But <laughs> for, for people that are actually competing right. in certain divisions, and they break an all-time world record, sponsored or not, they can wear their gear and make money. And I think that's a huge step in the right freaking direction. That's, that's great for Mark awesome. Bell, and that's amazing for the sport. Like I didn't hear anything about that. That's crazy. They posted it on their page last, uh, uh, this Friday, just a couple days ago. Okay. And uh, cool. they had just thought of it the other day, and I was like, you know, I mean, that's a big commitment from them, but that's I think that they'll get a little love from it. I think that that's how you break, break away from the norm. I mean... The USAPL, they don't pay their lifters hardly. SBD doesn't pay much. Yeah. Um, Titan's not paying much. I just think it's great to set a standard that, you know, you can spend money to make money. I think I need another that, pair of strong sleeves. And now that they're going to be allowed in that avenue, then they're going to be able to equalize with those people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my very first pair of uh, knee sleeves were actually um, strong sleeves, and they were at the Olympia and I got them from Mark Bell. I thought that I, I'll admit, I fangirled a little bit because oh, I'd, yeah, I'd followed fun. him for a while and I was like, you're Mark Bell. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so nice in person. He really is. I, uh, I, uh, I'll be, I'll probably be out at the Arnold and I'll work their booth a bit. Last year I did that and I lifted in the cage and, and then I went and I worked their booth and I was just like, dude, show me how to use the iPad. I'll sell stuff. I don't care. And, uh, <laughs> I was helping people put their knee sleeves on and fitting them and stuff. And, yeah. And like if they were like, I'm not sure if that's the right and I'm like, Hey, look, take it from me, it's the right size, stop arguing. <laughs> <laughs> Just shut the hell up and um, you know, but uh, I think that they have some great products and, and if you, you know, pay attention to the sizing charts and get the right stuff, I think you're gonna be happy. Um, you know, I think that they get slammed a little bit here and there, but 
it's because they're doing more than anybody else. They're active, more active than anybody else, so they're going to make more mistakes, and then they're going to do the right thing to correct them, you know? Um, I think that they have a great conscience, and they always try to do the right thing. So um, I've had I've had a good experience with them and with Mark and, and the people who work for them. So um, that's my last plug. Uh, I'm in Kansas City. I do coach people online. I don't really advertise it at all because I only try to keep, like, 15 to 25 clients. That's just what I need to – to keep around to uh, have the right amount of people that I have time to work with and to make ends meet the way I want them to. Right. And uh, so I've got a few spots since the meets just happened. And, you know, I really, I really am committed to the lifters I work with and I'd like to work with them year round if possible. Um, So if anybody wants to ever DM me about that, I've answered every DM I've ever gotten, um, unless it was a picture of a guy's wiener. Um, (laughs) And, uh, and I've entertained a couple of those just to entertain the people around me too. But nice. um, I'm surprised you know, that's that somebody my, would be like, you know, what this guy looks like he needs a wiener. <laughs> you know, uh, this is the last thing I'll say, and then I gotta go to team training. I'm a little late, but uh, I've, I always squat on Sunday, but I really can't anymore. So, <laughs> um, so everybody else will be squatting, and I'll be helping and wrapping knees and stuff. Um, but uh, I think that uh, you know, for me. Um, I don't even remember the direction I was going in right there, but, um, for me, when I go to team training now, even when I'm hurt, I'm trying to do the best that I can to help other people. Um, it's hard cause sometimes I don't want to be engaged and I'm kind of mad that I'm there cause I'm hurt, but, uh, you know, I know who's going to take some really heavy attempts today and I want to be there to help them. Um, when I was early in the sport, I went to another gym where there was more experienced lifters than me and, uh, and and one of them was like, hey, can you wrap knees? And I'm like, well, I haven't, but I'll try. And uh, after that, he wanted somebody else to wrap them. <laughs> and that made me so pissed. And uh, so I became the best knee wrapper that I could possibly be to where now people are like, you know, asking me like, hey, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. And uh, I think I'm a better handler and coach than I am lifter personally. But, um, you know, if somebody wants to send me a DM and get into my coaching roster or figure out what that takes, then I'm happy to do that. Um, you know, I help people with their lifts online all, t- all the time. I respond to every single person that ever comes to me. Um, you know, I think I'm a really effective communicator that way. Um, you know, if anybody's ever in Kansas City, they're welcome to come check the gym out, um, buy a guest pass, come hit it up, buy a shirt, do whatever you want. Um, I love going to other places and visiting other gyms. I build it into every trip I ever take. Um, so that's the last thing I got to say. I love everybody. I hope they have a great Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, uh, and I hope that we get to talk sometime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. We'll definitely have you on again. Yeah, I'd love to. I could talk for five more hours. So that's me right there. Months. Well, thank you, JP. All we right. appreciate it, man. Have a good time uh, coaching and, and rapping knees. All right, I'll do that. Talk to you guys later. Have a good one, man. Bye. That, man. That is the most positive like guest we've had. Oh, hands down. Hands down. Well, no. I would say Jen. But it's a tie between him and Jen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, no, that was great. And you know what? It's super cool because like, I always feel... Uh, I, I'm really actually excited to see if he does the five-minute set. That'd be cool. But no, he's super personal. And that's the one thing. When I was listening to all his stuff and his podcast, his main thing is just like put positive energy out there. Yeah. Be good to people. And that's actually really cool because I like to I like that I like Absolutely. people who have that kind of thing. Well, and see, like I've like I said, I've met him a couple times, just because he was here for the open, 
and he is like he is the most positive and basically jolly person that you will meet. I mean, the dude's fucking Santa for Christ's sakes. I see. You know, I'm. You know, when you brought that up, I was like, oh my god, that's a good question. I was literally you know? trying to. I was literally trying to learn everything about this this guy over this past weekend, so we can talk to him. And I did not see anything about him being a, a not anywhere almost a semi pro Santa. Yeah, dude, he's done it a couple times. So now I gotta go and, and look and see it. But because um, he literally, like, literally looks like he'd be the perfect Santa. He is. Like, it's on his uh, his Instagram. So that's actually where I'm going right now. Speaking of his Instagram, uh, if you guys want to look him up on Instagram to DM him, uh, his Instagram handle is JP Lifts underscore sbc yeah so make sure you guys give him a follow and um just because i mean his lifts are insane whether they're with a slingshot uh fucking wraps or what have you his lifts are bar none you know it's 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 incredible to see him lift and the fact that i actually got to see him do that 1003 pound squat the at the very first u.s open it just I was in awe that I got to see that, you know, but, oh, and while we're on the topic of people you should look up, make sure you guys check out, uh, warfare and clothing, uh, definitely shout out to the sponsor. Yep. And they are, uh, as far as I can see, they're already starting to do black Friday stuff, but you can use, um, our discount code. It's power comedy and it'll get you an additional 20% off site wide. Um, and also, if you follow me on Instagram at Nick the Hulk Dorio, there is a link in my bio for Insane Labs. Uh, you just use Patient Twenty Five, get yourself twenty five percent off all supplements, apparel, anything that's on that site. Christmas is coming up. You're trying yeah, to think yourself God, exactly. I want to get some good gifts for my friends in the gym, but I don't want to spend a ton of money. Use our code. <laughs> use our codes. Get twenty percent off for some apparel, and then use Nick's code to get twenty five percent off. Some good pre-workout and supplements. You know, actually, who I saw, uh, Rachel from uh, work uses Insane Labs. I saw that, and, and I meant to message her, be like, "Use my code." I actually was gonna message her and be like, <laughs> "Use Nick's code." I see you know? you're starting to get back into workout. You are definitely the person. You are definitely the type that would love Insane Labs. Also, if you're just into just like hardcore crazy shit, if you think you can handle it, use Nick's code. <laughs> but they also do have a lot of cool apparel and everything. Like, I want to get that backpack, that Oakley backpack. That's on there. Oh yeah, all right. They have and they have stuff not just pre workouts and like all the stuff. They also have stuff for like helping you like relax and mm-hmm. go to sleep. They have they have a uh, <laughs> it's a sleep aid, but it's called nightmare. <laughs> yeah, you, pull, you so, know, no guarantee you'll have nightmares and or no. good dreams, but you'll get some sleep. <laughs> Anyways, don't but, forget to go to Warfare in Clothing. Don't forget to hit up Nick on Instagram. Yep, at Nick the Hulk Dorio. Same on Twitter, and then hit up our Twitter for this. Yep on power comedy pod one yep and then definitely hit me up on instagram at michael a ramos and don't forget to go to jp's at jp lifts underscore sbc yep and uh also the sponsors twitter as well which is warfare inc one so uh um, i think insane labs is insane labs but with the z not an s yeah that's exactly. crucial because that... people have been looking up insane labs <laughs> is labs you guys have a good thanksgiving be safe eat a lot of turkey you know what i just realized get fat before we are before before (laughs) we leave i was just thinking about this the other day last year we started recording right before thanksgiving yeah and we were supposed to post our plates of food on the page and we never did 
We got to do that this year. So this year, make sure we have to do that this eat, year. You know what it is? I get so excited that I eat before I think about it. I literally finished my plate and I was like, oh, oh yeah. I pumpkin pie last night, actually. Well, actually, I think this this time last year, I was getting ready for a meet that's in February. So, so you were I, I wasn't able to eat as much as I wanted to. Well, this year, I know for a fact you'll be able to eat. Oh, this year, I'm going to ham. And turkey. No oh, pun yeah. intended. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Have a good holiday. <laughs> Later. Later.